about three of you are good, so that's right. Fantastic. I'm in the right place. It's good to see you all. You look fantastic, all of you. You're looking really wonderful and, and sparkly and, and nice and, and everything like that, so it's, uh, it's good to see you. Father, I just uh, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the goodness of God being poured out upon us. We thank you for such a remarkable outturning of the uh, pro-life rally yesterday. We thank you for the continued effect of that to grow and to multiply. Father, we pray this morning that as I preach this word, as I speak it, that life will flow. I thank you that uh, you give us incredible things. You give us everything we need for life and godliness. And I pray that, uh, that the Spirit of God just does something amazing in all of us and helps us to see things that maybe we've never seen before. Father, I pray in Jesus' name today. Amen. I'm going to be uh, sitting down and standing up uh, periodically, just depending upon uh, how I feel at the moment, uh, so that you can pray effectively. I have uh, damaged my back. Um, it went out uh, before I went out, and uh, it uh, just had a good time. Uh, but it's had an effect upon my sciatic nerve, and uh, it's right down there. And I can tell you, it is extremely painful. Uh, I uh, would appreciate your prayers. So I'll be up and down uh, more times than uh, certain. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> Father, I just thank you for healing my buttock in Jesus' name. Um, Habakkuk chapter 2, uh, verses 2 to 3 says this Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets, so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time, it speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it, it will certainly come and will not delay. And we receive that word in Jesus' name this morning. So welcome to part five of Minding the Gap, a series that I've been doing over the last few weeks. Um, Minding the Gap is talking about the margin that we all have uh, at the boundaries of our lives. It's the buffer, the, the space that we've got for contingencies, for overflow, for rest and re- recuperation in life. And am I ringing just a little bit? Is that just me? Yep, so just thanks, Aaron. Uh, the Gap is a safety net, uh, a place that we actually try to keep clear, but often we will fill it with everything else rather than what it actually should be used for. So if we, we don't mind the gap, we actually risk uh, falling uh, into the gap and getting seriously hurt or even, sadly, uh, some have been killed when they've fallen into the gap. And this series came about as a result of Jane and I going away on holidays last year and everyone said, praise God, give him more. Um, so we went across to uh, Sydney, Singapore, uh, into London, England and across to France. We used the public uh, transport system, the underground when we were there. And when we used the underground in London, you saw that there was this uh, sign on the edge of the platform that said, mind the gap. And there's a very small gap in between the platform and the train. And people have fallen into the gap. And hence, uh, due to occupational health, welfare and safety and all the rest of it, they thought they might put a sign there saying, mind the gap. Uh, And now they've got videos and and, uh, public address systems that uh, focus completely on this minding the gap. And that's how this system is, or this this series has come about. Because I really felt like that uh, I want to empower people to make some wise changes for us to thrive in life and to reduce the likelihood of burnout and of being overwhelmed. Because I felt that the Holy Spirit gave me this to actually mind the gap in our lives. 
That gap could be represented by a margin. If you looked in your Bibles or on a page in a book, there is a margin that goes around that particular page. And uh, quite often uh, what we do is to start to fill up that margin so that there's nothing else in that page and we just fall off the edge of the book. Uh, you get what I'm talking about in life. We fill it with everything that, uh, you know, that we possibly can. So I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to, to help people to actually mind the gap. Today, if you look around in life, I'm sure that you know people that are stressed, they're overwhelmed, they're burnt out, all because we fill every minute of every hour of every day with doing so much that there's no gap left for margin in our life. Uh, God says that we must live as a people who number our days and to be stewards of our time. This means actually that we are managers of our time, we are keepers and guardians of our time. And so far, you know, we've talked about uh, what uh, erodes our gap, what, what builds our gap, what we've talked about, what the power of a positive no is. And you can listen to those messages uh, on our various uh, uh, platforms to, to get the podcasts and listen to those messages. I'd really encourage you to do that because I do believe that uh, they will help you to put into place a gap and to mind that gap. Today, we're going to be talking about what a gap can be used for, what a gap needs to be protected for. It's, it's the big yes that's inside all of us, that our positive no that I spoke about last week, it, it's going to help to protect and safeguard that, uh, that, pos- that starting of a, of a positive no. See, the first part of our positive no, when we say no to someone... There's this yes, no, yes type of sandwich that we're talking about. We initially say yes because there's something on the inside that we are trying to protect. There's a family, there's values, there's priorities that we have. So then we say no to a person. We say it the best way that we can. And then we say yes again because what we're going to do is work on a way that we can mutually benefit each other by seeing what we've been asked to do to come to pass, so that it's not just a flat out, no, I'm not going to do that, but we actually work towards a successful outcome for us both, so that I protect the areas that I need to say yes to, but I do it in such a way that we can still move forward and, and be in relationship together, because quite often what we do is say no, but we say it really badly, and this series has been designed really to help everybody to have a positive no, to say no really, really well, and this, this, this whole thing is about protecting that that inward yes, that internal yes that we're going to be saying no to people to, to uh, encroaching upon that time or taking away that margin that we have in life. So um, what I want to ask us is, have we identified what the big yes on the inside of us is yet? Have we figured out what we need to say yes to on the inside for ourselves? Have we figured that out? Because if we don't figure that out, we're going to continually uh, give in to someone who says, can you do this, can you do that? We'll say yes, 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 because there's no yes on the inside of us. We don't know how to say no and say it well. So there's, there's got to be that, that understanding of what that yes on the inside is. What is it that we want to do with our lives? Let me say right off, I don't believe that our purpose in life is our decision. I do believe that it's our discovery. I believe that God's put his, his purposes in our lives and it's not our decision, it's actually our, our, uh, our, our discovery. 
It says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, this is probably a very well-known piece of scripture. It says, and let me, let's just, I'll read it through first. It says, for I, and that's meaning God, knows the plans that I, meaning God, have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I love this, that God knows. He says, for I know the plans. In other words, there's this area where we start to understand that God's put into place plans for our lives. He's aware of those plans. And he says uh, that these plans are the plans that God has for us. So God not only put those things within us, God is aware of those plans and wants us to be able to outwork those things. And that's why you know, we need to protect that, uh, that God's purposes in our lives are going to start to take place. I've got to tell you that God's purposes for our lives is a massive adventure. It's one of the greatest uh, journeys that we can go on is to discover what God's purpose for our life is and to see that outworked. Uh, So what's the big yes in us? What are the important things that we want to create margin in our life to accomplish? What what will we use the margin in our lives to move forward with, to, to work on, to give place to? Can I tell you that that big yes that we have on the inside needs a clear vision. It needs a clear vision. Uh, a number of years ago, Jane and I uh, were fortunate enough to go on holidays and we were driving to Hall's Gap and uh, we were driving through the countryside and it was fantastic. The, you know, the weather was great, the countryside was beautiful and, and we were just blessed by the amount of, of wildlife that was like we were seeing. There was kangaroos in, in paddocks, there was emus that we saw, there was koalas in trees and, and it was getting to the point like, you know, who was going to be the first one to see the next thing? And, and I, I thought I saw a glimpse something up ahead on the side of the road. I said, hey, Jane, Jane, hang on, there's something up ahead on the side of the road. And, and, and as we got close and we got close, I said, hey, Jane, look, look. It's a plastic bag. <laughs> it was just a plastic bag, you know. And, and sometimes clarity of vision stops us from being disappointed and looking for animals and actually seeing plastic bags. We need a clear vision for God's life for us, God's purposes for us. Jesus had a big vision in him, uh, the goals of his life. It says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, that Jesus came to destroy the devil's work. He came to destroy uh, the purposes of the devil in the world. Jesus came for that very purpose, to overcome the works of the devil. So we can see that that's one of the purposes that he came for. In Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 19, Jesus, we see the purpose of his life. It says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him because he, uh, the Spirit has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. We can see clearly here that Jesus had a purpose in coming to the earth. It says in John 3 verse 17 that God sent Jesus into the world not to judge the world but to save it through him. 
So we can see that Jesus had a big yes on the inside that caused him at times to say no to some things that people were demanding and asking of him. There were some occasions where some people came to to Jesus' disciples and they said, can you ask the the master, the teacher, a certain thing? And they asked this question. So the disciples then go to Jesus and they say, there's some guys out here, they've got this question for you. Jesus ignored them. He just didn't even ask, didn't even respond to them. He just continued on with what he was called to do because there was a yes on the inside. There was this something on the inside that he had to say no to to continue to fulfill the purpose of God within him. Jesus' big, big yes, uh, the, the goals that he had in life were to destroy the, the works of the devil, to preach the gospel, heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, give sight to the blind, set the, free, uh, the oppressed free, uh, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and to save the world. What an incredible purpose. But there were some things that he had to say no to in the, in the ability to be able to guard what the purpose of his life was, that that big yes on the inside. So we can see that setting a goal or having a clear purpose was abs- it's absolutely sure, it's being absolutely sure about the purpose and safeguarding the big yes that's on the inside of each and every one of us. We've got to know what that big yes is. We've got to identify it. We've got to discover it as we spend time with God in prayer and things. Here's something you may not know. What's the big yes for us as a church? There's five big yeses that we have as a church. The things that we as a church are called to do. It's to encounter God personally and corporately as a church. It's to encourage everyone to invest in supportive relationships. It's to embrace how God has shaped us to serve other people. It's to equip believers to become fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. And it's to engage with our community to share the good news of God's love, hope and grace. That's the big yes of this church. So there are some things that may come along that help us to identify some things that we might have to say no to because it's not in line with what we as a church feel that we are called and been designed by God to accomplish in this community. It helps us to identify those things. Here's a few of my own personal big yeses on the inside. These are Some of them are yet to be fulfilled. I want to be a better husband, a better father, and a better grandfather. That's the big yes in me. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better pastor. I want to share the good news with people wherever I go. That's a big yes with me. And I loved hearing what Vicky said when she was at the bus stop, just sharing her faith with someone at the bus stop. How incredibly powerful is that? But yet so simple. I want to, one of the big yeses in me is to be debt free. Another big yes is to, this might surprise you, but I want to raise someone from the dead. That's a big yes on me. But sometimes in, in understanding what the big yes is, you've got to hang around some things that maybe you don't want to. See, if I'm going to raise someone from the dead, I've got to be around a dead person. Are there any dead people here today? I just wouldn't mind testing this out. Just, just checking. But this could be spiritually dead. It, it could be physically dead. 
But that's a big yes on the inside of me. Here's another big yes for me. I want to actually go and see Manchester United play. That's a big yes for me. I want to go and see. (laughs) I didn't say win, no. So the most effective way to have a clear vision for our big yes is this. Here's a big clue. If you're taking notes this morning, you're going to want to write this down. Here's a big way to, to clarify the vision, that big yes that we have. Write it down. Write it down. Write down your big yes. Write down the goals of your life. See, unfortunately, many don't bother to write down their vision or their goals in life, and instead they drift through life wondering why their life lacks purpose and significance. Forbes reports doing a remarkable study about goal setting that they actually did at Harvard University. The Harvard's graduate students were asked if they had set clear written goals for their futures as well as if they had made specific plans to transform their fantasies into realities. The result of the study was that only 3% of the students had written down their goals and a plan to accomplish them. 13% had goals in their minds but had not written them down. And 84% of those students had no goal in life at all. Think about this for a minute. Bless you. Which group are you in? Have you written down your goals and the plans that you're going to do to achieve your goals? Have you, maybe you're 13% of the people that you've, you know in your mind what you want to achieve. Or are you part of the 84%? You've not really thought about this. You've not really understood it. You haven't written anything down. You've got no goal in your life. Ten years later... Harvard caught back up with the same group of students and they were interviewed again and the conclusion of the study was totally astonishing. The 13% of the class who had goals but hadn't written them down earned twice as much as the 84% who had no goals. The 3% who had written goals and had written down the plan to accomplish them, were now earning on average 10 times as much as the 97% of the whole class combined. There's power in writing down the purpose and the plans you have that you've discovered that God's got on your life. There's power in doing that. There's a power behind it. It actually activates some things in our lives that help us to succeed in life. See, people who don't write down their goals tend to fail easier than the ones who have plans because there's nothing to keep them on track. There's nothing to to tell them if they've been successful or not. It, it's just like, you know, uh, we, we, you've heard the illustration before. What, what many people do is to shoot a gun at the wall, then they run up to the wall and they draw a target around it and they say, I was always aiming for that anyway. That's not the way to live a life. 
It's not the way to live a God purpose in your life. It's not the way to, 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 to transform the communities in which we live. What we need to do is to identify the God purpose in us, the thing that God's got on our lives, and to write it down and say, you know what, I'm going to give this some thought. I'm going to tell you, this is going to take time. This is not a quick fix. This is not something you do in 30 seconds. But find out what God's got on your life. See, there's four reasons that we should commit our big yes to writing. Number one, writing our big yes forces us to clarify what we want. It forces us to clarify what we're wanting. See, imagine setting out on a trip with no destination in mind. How do you pack? What roads do you take to get there? How do we know when we've arrived? Instead, what we do is start by picking where we want to go. Let's find out where we want to go. I can tell you right now, I know that Jane is going to the Colour Conference. Okay, Already, right as of last week, Jane's already started to pack. <laughs> Their toiletries, I see. I know, I'm a man, I notice this stuff. <laughs> but Jane's already started to pack. Because she knows where she wants to go. All she needs to find out is what the weather's going to be like so she knows what sort of clothes to pack. Is it going to be raining? She's going to need a jacket. If it's not going to be raining, she's not going to need a jacket. She's going to save room in a suitcase for other stuff. Yeah, she's only got seven kilos to pack as well. That's the limit on the plane ride. So... The same is true with the milestones in our life. See, writing down our goals forces us to select something specific and decide what we want. See, the second thing, writing our big yes actually motivates us to take action. Writing our big yes down is just the start. It's stating our goals that's important, but it's not enough. We must action our goals. I've written down my goals and review them regularly and it provokes me to take the next most important step that I need to take. It motivates me to take action. Thirdly, writing down our big yes helps us to overcome resistance. See, every meaningful intention, every dream, every goal will encounter resistance. It'll be challenged and confronted by the internal and external factors and forces of life. Okay? From the moment that we set a goal, we'll begin to feel it. But if we focus only on the resistance, the, the, the resistance will only get stronger. See, like this is the thing with sin. If you're focusing on not sinning, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, then you're going to continue to be sin-focused. But if you focus on the grace of God that set you free from sin, then you'll be drawn towards the grace of God and leave the sin behind. See, this is the same with resistance when we're going for the things in our life. If we're focused on the things that we're going for, the resistance is just something we're going to step over. We're going to step through. We're going to have the help of people around about us that are going to help us to achieve what we want in life. See, the only way that I've found for overcoming the resistance to achieving my goals is to focus on the goal, the thing that I want. <clears throat> the fourth thing, writing our big yes enables us to see and celebrate our progress. It tells us when we've arrived. Life's hard and it's particularly difficult when we aren't seeing progress. 
We feel like we're working ourselves to death and going nowhere. It's like we're treading water almost. But written goals are like markers on a freeway. They help us to see how far we've come, but also to see how far we've got to go. They provide an opportunity for celebration when we attain our goals. Writing down our goals doesn't take long, but don't overthink the process. Just get something on paper and refine it as you go. The benefits are well worth it. It might take you a little longer to work on the plans that you're going to do to achieve your goals, but ask yourself, and this week, what are the, the things that you need to be working on in your life? What is the big yes, the vision that's inside of us? Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Where there's no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. <clears throat> There's a story about 350 years ago, roughly, a shipload of explorers landed on the northeast coast of America. The first year they established a town site. The second year they elected a town government. The third year the town government planned to build a road that went five miles out into the wilderness. In the fourth year, the people tried to impeach their town government because they thought that it was a waste of public funds to build a road five miles into the wilderness. Who needed to go there anyway, they said. See, here we have a people who had a vision, a massive vision to sail 3,000 miles across an ocean and overcome incredible hardship to get there. But in just four years, they weren't able to see five miles out of the town. They had lost their pioneering vision. With a clear vision of what we can become in Christ, no ocean of difficulty is too great. Without it, we rarely move beyond our current boundaries. Church, if we fail to identify our big yes, the vision or the goal of our life, then it's highly likely that we will be people who lose our pioneering spirit as a people. God's called you to birth stuff. God's called you to raise things up. God's called you to step out in faith in different areas. God's called you to do things in your workplace and in your community. God's built something inside of you. What is that big yes on the inside? That particular scripture, Proverbs 29 verse 18, other translations say things like this, without a vision, we cast off restraint. Order goes out the window. People stumble over themselves. People lose control of themselves. They run wild. Instead of doing what God's called them to do, because there's no vision, there's no goal, there's no internal big yes in their lives. Here's three things that knowing God's big yes will do for our, our lives. Number one, our big yes is the ability to see. It creates within us and awareness. Webster's Dictionary defines the term vision as the faculty of sight, unusual foresight, a mental image produced by the imagination, the experience of the supernatural as if with the eyes. Let me ask you this morning, are you aware of the supernatural when you read your Bible? 
When you're doing your devotion, do you put yourself in the story with Jesus there? Maybe you're an onlooker, you're part of the crowd and you see some lady reach through the crowd and touch Jesus' hand and all of a sudden you can see there's a physical difference about that woman. There's some blind guys sitting on the side of the road and you see and you hear these guys and, and they're saying, you know, son of David, have mercy on me and you may be part of the crowd. Stand, shut up, Jesus is here, he, can't, he doesn't want to hear you. But then you see Jesus interact with this, these two men and all of a sudden they can see. Do you see yourself in the supernatural? Have you got an awareness of vision as you're reading the Bible? Does it come alive for you? See, here's the thing. If you want to increase your vision, I challenge you. This year in October, get on board with the, uh, the Bridges for Peace trip to, uh, to Israel. You want more information on that? See Joe. I've got to tell you, as a result of going to Israel, Jane and I, we have a fresh awareness. A new, we can't read the Bible like we used to. Now we picture stuff. We see the land. We, we smell the smells. We taste the food. We see the people. It's changed the way that we see. Because we've got a vision. Because we've got an awareness. Our big yes has created within us an awareness. Joshua and Caleb said, saw a big yes when they spied out Canaan, the promised land. Listen to this in Numbers chapter 14, verses 7 to 9. Joshua and Caleb said to all the people of Israel, the land that we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord's pleased with us, he'll bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It's a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people in that land. They're only helpless prey to us. They've no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Powerful vision that he created for the people of Israel, Joshua and Caleb. Incredible. And if we understand the story correctly, they were the only two that actually entered the promised land from that generation. Why? Because they saw things differently. They had a different vision. Are you an optimist or a pessimist? See, little Johnny, he brought his report card home from school and had a lot of poor grades. What have you to say about this? He said, he said his father. Uh, well, one thing's for sure, said little Johnny. Dad, you can be proud of me because you know I haven't been cheating. <laughs> Having a vision is more than just looking on the bright side. It's looking on God's side. Don't be a positive thinker. Be a God thinker. Finding the big yes that God has for us takes time and it takes prayer. Can you see the big yes inside of you? What is it? Write it down. Is it a ministry? Is it about your family? Is it writing a book? Is it a song that God's just put on your heart that he wants you to compose? Is it travel? That God's put travel because he wants you to take the gospel to Melbourne. Because Lord knows Melbourne needs the gospel. <laughs> but it may not be there. Is it to take the gospel to Israel? Is it to take the gospel to some farther reaches of the world? We, we've, as a church, have supported many times taking the gospel somewhere. As a church, this year we're launching our missions arm. We're going to be supporting the Australian Christ, Christian Church's missions arm. We're going to be supporting Bridges for Peace. We're going to be supporting a number of other ministries. 
As a, as a church, I want us to be multinational and to, for people to see that. I want to put up on that back wall the flags of people who call this church their home. I want to put up the Australian flag, the Aboriginal flag, the, 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 the Israeli flag, the Union Jack, other flags. Because I want people to see that it doesn't matter where you're from, you're welcome here. See, what is it that God's got for you? What if the vision that God gives is not the vision that we would have chosen? Well, Brother Joel Slayton said this powerful script. If you want to take notes, write this one down. This will say, if you, if you don't want to, if you're not happy with what you're doing, God's purpose in your life, this is good for you. It says, bloom where you're planted. Well, if you don't like where you are, change it. People say that they've got a toxic culture in their workplace. <laughs> Guess who's got the power to change that? If you don't like where you work, you've got two options, leave or change it. But I believe that God's put you in that place to shine a light. You say, but you don't know how tough it is in my workplace. You never worked in my workplace. You wouldn't believe the, co the confrontations and the tension that I have with Naomi and the admin. Just amazing. <laughs> just joking, just joking. But as a, as a police officer, with tension and people have access to lethal weapons, it can be pretty, pretty tough. When you, like as a sergeant, that's which my rank was, I was the meat and the sandwich. I was looking after the constables and answerable to my superintendent. How do you, how do you navigate that? Sometimes it's toxic. You, you're on a team that you just don't want to be on. Change it. Go in there. Shine the light of Jesus. I say most services after the service, you're about to hit your most important area, your most crucial area as a minister of the gospel. Shine where you are. Shine where you are. Bloom where you're planted. The second thing, a big yes is the faith to believe. It's the faith to believe. It's all about our attitude. John Maxwell said in his book, The Success Journey, he said this, A dream without a positive attitude produces a daydreamer. A positive attitude without a dream produces a pleasant person who can't progress. A dream together with a positive attitude produces a person with unlimited possibilities and potential. See, Satan's greatest attack on our vision, that big yes inside of us, is always going to be about our attitude. Proverbs 23 verse 7, the New King James Version says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, it's about your attitude. See, our attitude sets our altitude. Whether our attitude is looking up and out or inwards and down, it's this that will set our altitude in life, the places that you will rise to, the levels that you'll rise to. Whether we, either we're going to soar with eagles or we're going to scratch around like a chook, both are going to be determined by our attitude. See, what we feed grows. What we starve dies. What are you feeding in your life? Are you feeding that God dream? 
Are you reading books that help you to build and to construct things that help you to achieve your life's purpose, your God purpose? Are you getting around people that have a similar mindset and a similar direction to you? Are you hanging around with them, encouraging each other, slapping each other on the back, saying, go for it, you've got this? Are you cheering them on as they seek success and and they achieve some wins? Or is your attitude the other way? Well, no one knows what I've got to go through. No one knows how hard it is for me. How can they know? I'm not going to achieve anything in life. Self-fulfilling prophecies. You're speaking those words over you, negative. What does the Word of God say? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. If God's for me, then who can be against me? See, we've got to understand this. There's a power of, uh, of declaration over our lives. It's about our attitude. Faith is the food our big yes lives on. Without it, our big yes will wither and it will die. Third thing, our big yes is the courage to do. It's action. Like Althea said about the the pro-life rally, it's fantastic to go on a great rally and to be encouraged by the people around about us and and we we hear about these things, this injustice that's going to be uh, perpetrated against unborn children and things like that. What are you going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Are we going to take the challenge and write to our member of parliament? Are we going to take the challenge and write a letter to the, the editor of the newspaper? Great challenge. Thank you, Pastor Gary. I really appreciated that. I agree. I thought it was a great point too. Famed World War II tank commander, General George Patton said this, courage is fear holding on a minute longer. Courage is fear holding on just one minute more. Just one more minute more. You get to the end of that minute, you know what, I can do this again. I did one minute, I can do two. Courage is fear holding on a minute longer. If we give in to our fears, we're on the path to defeat. If instead we stand strong despite our fears, we're on the path to victory. Sure, we're going to have hardship. Sure, there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be resistance. There's going to be pushback on those things. But I'm hanging in. I'm hanging on. This goal that God's got for me, this this vision that he has for my life, it's worth hanging on for. Otherwise, why are you doing it? We must never forget that we're not in the battle alone. With the power of God on our side, we cannot be defeated. Courage is fear holding on a minute longer. Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is the willingness to act despite our fear. See, the big yes inside of us requires our courage and that's translated into action to see it to become a reality. Courage is a vision that says, Lord, if it's you, then let me come to you and walk on the water. Courage is a vision that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Courage is a vision that says, if God be for us, then who can be against us? Saints, I believe that the Lord has a vision, a plan for everyone. There's no one that's been caught short of a purpose that's been orchestrated and designed by God. But have you taken the time to discover it? I know it's easy to get discouraged. 
and to give up on the big yes inside each and every one of us. I also know that we are moving towards our big yes, that we will not be content in life unless we are actually moving towards that. What is the big yes inside of us? Is it family? Is it friends? Is it business? Is it ministry? Is it marriage? Is it significance? Is it helping someone else? Is it being generous? We say, you know what? When I win a million dollars, I'm going to give this much to the church. I'm going to give this too much to my family and my friends. What are you giving them now that you've got nothing? Have you got five cents, ten cents? I remember many times in this church, people have come forward needing a financial miracle, a breakthrough in their finances. And I gave them out of my pocket whatever I had in my pocket. Sometimes it was just 50 cents. That's, That's all I had to start them. I said, I want you to use this as a seed. Because it takes one seed to take an apple, build an apple tree, to grow an apple tree. And how many seeds are in an apple tree? One seed. What's the one seed you've got in your hands right now that you could sow into your future? See? Write your big yes down. Make it crystal clear. Let it provide motivation, direction, determination, and satisfaction in your life. This week... This week, church, mind your gap. Mind your gap. Find some margin. Create some space. Find out what that big yes in you is. Write it down and read it often. Read it often. What do you see for your future? What is our attitude towards our future? What's it going to take? to put our future into motion and make it our present. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you for your goodness and your grace. But I also thank you for your challenge. I thank you for what you've put inside each and every one of us. Your purpose resides within each and every one of us. We have a purpose in life. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that this week, people would take a hold of that margin that gap, that boundary, that space, that buffer that we have in our lives and to use that wisely to see our lives change as we strategize, as we plan to do some things differently. Father, would you give us the ability to see what you see, to hear what you hear, to understand the things that you've called us to do and to achieve in life. That life is not about us. It's about you and what you want us to do. Help us to surrender to that purpose. Help us to surrender to that idea and that vision that you have for us. Help us to to gather around people of a like mind. Put them in our pathway. Lord, that you would inspire us and motivate us and, and, and draw us towards that purpose in life. And I, I, I speak against every word that people have spoken over themselves about that they have no purpose, 
that they have no use. They have no significance. I come against that name, that word in the name of Jesus. I cut it off and I, I just cut off every work of the enemy uh, that uh, had an assignment to bring people down in that area. I, I bring it down in the name of Jesus. And I release life and vision and hope and grace and faith over people this morning. I, I speak purpose over people. I speak abundance and, and, and prosperity. I, I speak an, a change of thinking, a change of attitude this morning over people's lives. I, I speak it into being. I release it into the atmosphere this morning. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you put stuff in people's heart. Bring back to their remembrance the things that you, you put in their lives from long ago. Whether it's about filling a stadium with people to worship God, whether it's about seeing someone come to Christ, whether it's about just talking to someone about their faith to someone. Whatever it was, Lord, Breathe upon that dream again. Breathe upon that vision again. Lord, cause it to be fruitful and multiply. For this is the season that you call people to rise up. This is the season that people are to feed their faith. This is the season that you want to do something significant in our world and in our community and in our street and our families. This is the season. This is the season. This is the season. In Jesus' name, I release that word. Just while every head's bowed right now. I don't know everybody here this morning, but it would be remiss of me not to give you an opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you've never received Christ, if you never yielded your life, never surrendered your life to Christ, you've always wondered what the purpose of life was, you've never had any real understanding about it, you've never really had an inkling of that even God had a purpose for your life. You didn't even know about God until maybe this morning. But you know what? God's talking to you this morning. If you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, He has a plan for your life and it involves eternal life with Him forever and ever and ever to live in glory with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, with the Father of all. The one who created you, the one who put destiny in your heart, the one who put His image in your spirit. That's the one who calls you this morning. That's the one who wants an intimate relationship with you. He wants your attention. He's brought you to this place to get your attention this morning. And I pray that if there's anyone here this morning, you just want to say yes to Jesus. You've never done it before. But this morning you feel like you've got to do that. I want you to put your hand up so I know who I'm praying for. Is there anyone here this morning? You just want to say yes to Jesus. You want to live for Him. You didn't realize all those things that I've just said. Is there anyone here this morning? Anyone who wants to say yes to Jesus this morning? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it sustains and builds up and increases your people today in the wonderful name of Jesus.